live another day. Mirrors can't talk. Luckily for you, they can't laugh either. A lot of story there, a lot of lore uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing. I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 21, the podcast equivalent of Once Upon a Time. And we're totally fine with that. (laughs) Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft, one or two topics at a time. All right, my name is Jin, uh, someone who's not ashamed to see a Disney movie in theaters, regardless if a kid is with me or not. (laughs) (laughs) And I am joined by a damsel who may be in distress, but she's got this covered. It's Allie. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was the uh, my equivalent of the uh, Meg from Hercules joke, where it's like, I'm a damsel. I'm in distress. I can handle this. Have a nice day. <laughs> Gosh, I haven't seen Hercules in so long. Oh, yes, Hercules. It's, a, it's one of my faves. Uh, it's definitely in the, I don't know, in the upper echelon. I, it's hard to rank all my favorite ones. They're, they're just so good. <laughs> I get I, I love, I had, I was very proud when I was little to have a ranking of my top five. Granted, one of them was a Wizard of Oz, and that's not Disney. But the rest of them were Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was, what was it? It was Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Dumbo, Little Mermaid. I would would like flop around in my grandparents' pool and actively work to remember every single word to every single song in Little Mermaid. I was very proud of it. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not even a girly girl, but that was, I was all about that. Mm, yeah. That was, honestly, I, I liked that movie too as a kid. I didn't care. <laughs> And recent, more recently, like even just today, uh, it was it was way too hot outside to go outside with the kids today. And so we like created this obstacle course in our classroom. It was good times. And we throw on some music and uh, Moana came on. And I was totally just rocking out because Moana is awesome. Moana is awesome. I like that movie. Yeah. Speaking of uh, seeing a Disney movie in the theater, I totally saw that in the theater. Me and my wife. And there's no I did not. There. And I wish I had. Yeah. I only watched good. it. I watched it like. Quite a while after it came out, and it was on Disney Plus, and I was able to watch it. And that was my first time having seen it. I'm like, why did I wait so long? (laughs) It's so good. It really was. Well, speaking of which, I don't know, weird transition, but what have you been up to? (laughs) (laughs) Has your week been or weeks, whatever? (laughs) Um, it it it's it's been a thing. (laughs) I was so. Last recording, I was pretty rough. By the end of recording, my lungs were trying to leave my throat. And I was like, it's allergies, it's allergies. It's it was not allergies. And I've been sick ever since. Like today is the healthiest I've felt since the Sunday before our last recording. So it's nice to finally be feeling healthy. But that means I had a nice four day weekend and I was pretty much sick for all of it. And I was sick for our anniversary. And yeah. But that's okay, because I'm feeling better now. 
I'm better. I'm going to make the exact same joke. I can't take him. I feel fine. Well, do us a favour. I can't. Well, can you hang around a couple of minutes? He won't be long. No, I've got to go to Robinson's. I've lost nine today. Well, when's your next run? Thursday. I think I'll go for a walk. You're not fooling anyone, you know. Look. Isn't there something you can do? I feel happy. I feel happy. I'm feeling much better now. <laughs> I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> I feel happy. Uh, but yeah, so I, but beyond that, and having our seventh wedding anniversary, we haven't done a lot. So we got AOTC. No, wait. Did I talk about AOTC last time? Yeah, because I made yes, a crazy because sounder. you did the amazing. Yep, you did the awesome <laughs> sounder. I love that. It was awesome. Uh, ever since we tr- were trying to get it again for a couple people who haven't gotten AOTC, but there were there was us enough and ready to like justify wanting to get them AOTC. So we got DAD down to 10% and that was it. So <laughs> I think we're going to try again this week. And I got my rogue up to... 50, 56 now? 55. 55? I think it's 55. Um, okay, by the time this so episode finally, comes out, it'll be like 57. <laughs> hopefully more than that. Right, okay. <laughs> so it's uh, it's nice to be getting her up there so I can get her through Revendreth so I can see that campaign finally. And doing lots of mount runs and getting nothing, including <laughs> some ICC, because Arthas is a jerk. And I'll get it eventually. But that's that's about it, uh, you know, and some like Overwatch and some other games and stuff and Hearthstone. But that's uh, that's pretty much it for all the things. How about you? For me, I realized that I haven't been doing a whole lot of nothing, uh, at least in the game. Uh, <laughs> I showed up for raid night and, and we no progress on no significant progress on Hungering Devourer Mythic. So uh, I'll just say, yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> and I I've not, heard that one's pretty rough on Mythic. Uh, it's super rough. <laughs> very, yeah. very rough. Yeah, but uh, it's okay. I will be skipping the progress on Hungry Devourer because this Thursday is uh, me and my wife's 18, nope, not eight, nope, 21, 21st, not wedding anniversary, but like relationship that like been together. So we're just going to be hanging out. We, on that we one. do that too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, wait. You, wait, when is it? Oh, it's this Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday, the 10th. Okay. The 21st is it. So the 21st is the anniversary of our first date. Mm -hmm. And then the 22nd is the anniversary of when he proposed to me. Which is also your actual anniversary. That is my actual anniversary. So, yeah. Irony. (laughs) That's when he proposed to me. It's on your anniversary. (laughs) That's a good day. It's it's a a very good day. It's a a great day. It's best. (laughs) It's a fantastic day. I, I will admit. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited about it because uh, I took some time off, so I got a five-day weekend. So uh, Good for you. That's awesome. So yeah, as of uh, this afternoon, uh, when I logged off and shut down my laptop, it was like, hey, we'll see you on Monday. I'm good. If <laughs> I'm done. Yay! <laughs> That's so good. I'm so glad. Yeah, I was very happy about that. So it was nice. And of course, right when I was about to log off, someone was like, hey, can I call you real quick? I was like... No, make, make it quick, dude. <laughs> what do you need? Eh, whatever. It wasn't important, but it was it was a quick call. So whatever. <laughs> At least it was quick. Do you have any fun plans for this five day weekend? Uh, honestly, no. We're probably going to be just trying to hang out, relax and figure out what we're doing on the uh, the much longer uh, vacation that I'm taking the week of the, the 22nd. So <laughs> 
So yeah, I took, I took a little bit of PTO this uh, uh, this week, and in uh, two weeks' time, I'm taking that entire week off. So that's what's that? Five, six, seven, eight. Nine. So like a whole nine day stretch. It's gonna be great. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm going to enjoy this week. The, this week, and then I'm going to enjoy the following uh, week where I'm off even more because there's more days off. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, it's gonna be beautiful. But uh, other than that, um, oh, I am officially down to half a book. That's all I got left. And wow, look at you. Yeah, I have read every single one except. And this is kind of funny. You know, I always kind of said I was like, oh, I should probably finish this before we started even doing the show. Live, laugh, lore didn't happen. Yeah. The last one left is Shadows Rising. So. <laughs> Oh, you saw him finish Shadows Rising? No, I haven't. So, uh, oh. <laughs> but oh, hey, well I will then. probably be done tomorrow and or the following day. Are you doing it on audio? Uh, yeah. So I'm just for Talanji. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just doing it That's on awesome. audible. And uh, I'm liking it. It's it's good so far. I'm about halfway done. It is. Yeah. Very good. I uh, would recommend if you. Uh, if you're like me and hadn't read it for whatever reason, well, I have lots of reasons why I didn't read it. <laughs> so I was reading other books at the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm down to all, tell them all. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. I just do. That's just, awesome. Now I just got to write the notes up for it. <laughs> that, that does help. Yes. In, in your, in your show, that does definitely help. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty much my week. So, um, <laughs> what the heck are we drinking? <laughs> You're giggling over here. We're drinking Dole Whip. Yeah, it was really Except funny. Adult version. Yeah, with rum. Mm-hmm. So it was really funny. Is today I was I was like half thinking I was like okay, so uh, I wonder if, and then I was like, I know Allie's been to Disneyland. I've been to Disneyland with Allie. What am I thinking? <laughs> so I was because I was gonna ask. Well, since I know you've been to Disneyland, did you ever actually get the Dole Whip at uh at the, the next to the Tiki Hut? Hmm. Right there in Adventureland. I think I have once. Because mm. most of my trips to Disneyland are times when like money is tight. And so we're trying to make it a cheap vacation. And I haven't gone nearly as much as you, obviously. Um, I can probably count one hand the number of times I've gone to Disneyland. And like my family's first trip out there, uh, we actually went to the Tiki Room. And uh, <laughs> I think I think we got one that we all like split because everything's expensive. And we're trying to keep it cheap. And then another time I went there, I I was all on my own with some friends and they were getting married and it was a really expensive trip. So I was keeping it really cheap, which meant not necessarily partaking in fun drinks like this. But now that I've had this, I wish I had gotten it more adult beverage or not adult beverage because it's pretty tasty. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'll probably throw the freaking recipe in the show notes because this is fabulous. Like the world must know about this fabulousness. So if you're a fan Absolutely. of pineapple, yeah, it's 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 wonderful. I'm I'm sitting here drinking this and I'm I'm giddy and it's not the rum. I swear well, it might be the rum, but <laughs> I mean, it's not like super overpowering. No, it really isn't. Unless you threw extra in there. Just a little bit, but I still can't <laughs> taste it. But I put the Malibu right. pineapple rum in here, so I don't even know. I'm just getting more pineapple. I can't even tell. There you go. See, so I did. I did white rum since we had that, and I wish I had done the um, the recipe you had sent me. They suggested amongst all the 
ads on the page. I finally found it. They suggested um, vanilla rum. And I was like, I should get vanilla rum. And then after work today, I was like, that's why I go home. So I did not get vanilla rum since I knew we had white rum. But uh, I stuck a couple drops of vanilla extract in there. And it's pretty tasty. So I think next time I'm getting a vanilla. Vanilla yeah. rum. It's definitely because worth why it. not? I'm absolutely yeah. going to make this again. It's so freaking good. <laughs> it really, it really is. Like both of our drinks are almost empty. Yeah, I might have to like run to the fridge and go get more in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so freaking good. Well, anyway, now that we know what we're drinking. You want to jump into this uh, fun, fun yeah. topic that we're talking about today? Yeah. So excited. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you? Surprise. Uh, we pretty much already told everyone what we're talking about. <laughs> and all this Disney yeah. talk, you might have figured it out. <laughs> well, on May 25th, Blizzard released the Folk and Fairy Tales of Azeroth book. And don't worry, while this discussion won't be directly getting into like 9.1 and beyond spoilers, but we're going to speculate the crap out of it. So, <laughs> so it might be there. So just a warning. However, if you do not have a copy of the Folk and Fairy Tale of a book, um, I would recommend. It is a very good book. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to spoil. I don't want to spoil the story if you haven't had a chance to read it or at least enjoy it yourself. But I'm just going to say th- this be this your spoiler warning for now. OK, I don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. All right. Well, don't worry. We're not going to be covering every single story and we're not going to be like covering it in super in depth. We're just going to talk about the stories for the most part. All right. So even if you are still with us and you haven't read the book, don't worry. I'm not going to ruin the day for you because I don't know. Some of these stories, they're pretty awesome and they're pretty in depth. And it would be weird if I just read it to you. And then I'd probably get in trouble if I did that. (laughs) Possibly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Well, don't worry. We're probably going to do another one of these episodes because uh, let's just say as I was working on these notes and I was like, oh, this is a good one. And I I did this one real quick. And then I got into the next one. And let's just say the notes kept going. (laughs) The next one's meaty. I mean, this one's good, but the next one's meaty. Mm hmm. Yeah. So the very first story that we're going to cover today is Eyes of the Earth Mother. Now, if you don't know, this story is basically the Torin uh, creation myth. I don't know because who freaking knows? Because <laughs> Chronicle yeah. didn't really say. And I think this is actually I I really enjoyed this story because if we all remember, if you flip through Chronicle and since Chronicle, as we now know, is very Titan perspectivey, right? It's kind of like hey, light in the void, and then hey, there's uh, some planets. And some of those planets have world souls. And, well, this story actually talks about how the planets got there. Or at least Azeroth, the Earth Mother. Okay. So, basically what it says, it begins with the Earth Mother carrying a child and needing a place to raise them. Right? That's pretty much the basic little gist of it. Alright, so the Earth Mother created the world and gave birth to twins Anshi and Musha. And we've mentioned both of these before. So Anshi, well, I think I said Anshi. We got that one right. And then I called it Mushu because, you know, Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it works. It works. 
Yeah, it's close enough. All right, so if you don't know, <laughs> that is the sun and the moon. And when we say the moon, it's the big one, the white lady, right? So that's uh, that's who Musha is, is the moon. You don't get it, moon, moo. And then there's like... Right. And it's Torin, so of course there's a word with moo in it. <laughs> <laughs> moo. Are you happy now? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So this story is one I was aware of. Like I had definitely heard of the creation uh, story in the in the past, but I had never actually read it all laid out, um, just front to back, like the whole thing. This is the entire story. Like, am I am I right in assuming this? Like, that's it, it's just like you got tidbits and pieces in the past, right? Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, what did you actually think of this the story overall? It was a really enjoyable read. I I mean, I didn't know a whole lot about the Torrens viewpoint of of Anchi. Like I've, I've, I've heard that they need, they call the sun Anchi, but that, that was kind of about it, to be completely honest. And which is sad because I really like the Torrens. So it was really interesting to hear this. And it was interesting to want like it made me wonder like if there is some truth to any of this in some kind of weird way but it seems like it's just you know Torin mythology that passes on from generation to generation and it, it was i just it was just a nice read yeah and i i kind of got the same thing is um i mean with anything that blizzard puts out you always have to wonder is there any truth to anything that I'm reading here? Right. Or is this just a fun myth uh, for the, you know, for the Torn? That was my that was my big take on it. As I was kind of scratching my head going like, you know, because there is that big gap in Chronicle because we, we have no idea. Okay. Right. And the other reason why I started scratching my head thinking, does this mean anything? Is because the story continued to describe... Um, the creation of life on the world and how it came into being and things like that. And eventually how the old ones seemed like old gods to me. Uh-huh. Brought darkness to the uh shoe hollow. I'm gonna go shoe hollow. I don't know. Yeah, so that's that's how I was saying it in my head when I was reading. <laughs> right, the shoe hollow, by the way. That's the, the Torin word for the for Torin. That's what that means. So anyway, the darkness caused the tor to Torin, the Torin. To fight and kill other Torin. <laughs> <laughs> and when the Earth Mother learned of this, she shed a tear. Okay. And that became Losho. Sure. Uh, that is the blue child moon. So that's how you got the uh, the next moon. So, so right. the white lady, that is a child of the Earth Mother. And then you also have um, freaking, um, you know, the the sun. That's what I was thinking of. I was like, what's on she? Oh, yeah, it's the sun. <laughs> <laughs> That's also the child. Uh, but the the blue, the blue child, right? Not the white lady, the blue child, the moon. Uh, right. Apparently, mm-hmm. according to the Torin, that is the Earth Mother's tear. And that's why it's blue. Okay. So that's where it came from. Yep. That's where it came from. Well, anyway, this is what, what kind of happened. There was like the whole crazy thing because during the story, it was talking about how Anshi was like, like he had a, I think Anshi had a sword and Musha had a bow and they were like fighting the darkness and whatever and stuff like that. But I thought that was kind of fun. But anyway, the earth mother, she kind of woke up and she said, all right, well, 
Hey, Anshi and Musha, uh, you're going to have to remain in the heavens from now on to keep your eye on the world. And basically it was saying that during the day, Anshi would watch. During the during the evening, uh, Musha would watch. And this is how they keep the, the, the bad things away. <laughs> That's how they, you know, keep the darkness away. All right. So what did you think about this so far? This crazy story. Um, this one was kind of fun. It was fun. It made me when it comes to talking about, you know, the darkness and the old ones. Like, I also thought that was old gods. And it it made me kind of wonder, like, at that point, that maybe there was some semblance of truth in there. And that maybe maybe we just learned a little bit Mm -hmm. of something of something with like the ancient Torin and fighting old gods and whatnot. or Old god minions. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I think my main takeaway from this story is that, like, if we're going to, you know, start jumping around and do a little bit of speculation of what this story could possibly mean other than just a Tauren creation myth is, I don't know, is the Earth Mother more than just Azeroth? Uh, you know, right? Is there something there? Because according to the Tauren, the Earth Mother actually created the world. So is that like maybe a weird stand in for a loon or something, maybe, or some other member of the pantheon of life? Because obviously, according to the, the night elves, a loon is the is the moon, you know, the, the white lady. So right. it like, is that just possibly a, a different representation or is it just like the Earth Mother is some kind of titany thing? But if this is someone who's creating a world... Uh, it doesn't seem very tight because they wake up from worlds, right? Right. See, I, I was assuming it was Azeroth, but it does make sense that it could be something else beside, beyond Azeroth. I mean, I just I found it was really interesting because it talked about how um, at one point she wanted to keep Earth, the Earth Mother wanted to keep a closer eye on Anchi and Musha. And so she literally like jammed them into her eye sockets. Yeah, <laughs> she did do that. <laughs> it was just the, the image, like it was it was a well painted picture. Like I forget who authored that one. I'd have to look it up. But um, it was a well painted picture with the imagery and everything. And then she like had to like jab her fingers into her eye sockets to like pop them back out. And it was <laughs> it just it kind of made me wonder like how the Torin came up with that. Yeah. But then again, I mean, you look at a lot of the. Uh, the stories about creation and things like that from like Mesopotamia and Samaria and things right, like that. Right, There's right. some really wacky ones in there. So Yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that, I don't know. That was just kind of my takeaway is I feel like there, there might be a hint of truth to, to that in the future. Like I honestly would not be surprised if we found out that this, the embodiment of the, the sun was somehow also, tied to the pantheon of life just because of the way that they're kind of structuring all this. It's entirely possible. And Uh, I mean, we see on the cosmology chart, there is a sun mm -hmm. and we got the two moons. So Precious on she or thinking of the sun and then the white child, the blue lady or, you know, Musha and Lo show, (laughs) (laughs) whatever it may be. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, uh, it feels like there's something there. Um, that's that's why I included this one in, in this whole freaking uh, episode. So anyway, I think that one's good enough for now because really this was just a like a creation 
silly thing like that, and it was fun. So, it was fun. I liked it. You you, you want to get into like the the much more like <laughs> dive down the rabbit trail of craziness. <laughs> I was just reading it before the show, just like skimming again, just to get a quick refresher. Yes, like I am, I am very much ready for this. Okay, so this one is called "Sister" is another word for always. All right. Well, this is a story about someone named Sorrow and someone named Courage. Right. Um, it, it always reminds me that um, it, it was funny to me that. It, they didn't actually blatantly call out who these people are, right? Not at all. Yep. Yeah, never actually mentioned the name. There's hints. And, and at first, honestly, at first when I started reading it, I had no idea that it, who Sorrow and Courage would have been until they started dropping the hints. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. And then it took on a whole new meaning. <laughs> yeah, well... The big giveaway for me was when I flipped to the page that had the uh, the art on it. <laughs> That's where I was like... Oh, that's totally Verisa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this story, it follows Sorrow, which is Verisa, all right, as she is coping with the death of Courage, and that is Sylvanas. Okay? Now, there, this is where I started going crazy, and my brain started uh, going all nuts, is when does this story take place? That was, right? my, that was the <laughs> thing that I thought was incredibly interesting and also could hugely impact what was going on here. So anyway, um, we'll, we'll kind of come back to that, but that's the, that's, that's the thing that really kind of made these uh, notes go kind of crazy. Cause I, I started doing the whole, well, if it happened at this time, then this, it would mean this, but if it had to happen at this time, it, would mean <laughs> <laughs> it was all sorts of crazy. So anyways, the story, the story uh, first starts with uh, Verisa remembering the good times uh, that she had with her sister playing along a riverbank and things like that. And like one of the one of the memories that she had was, um, you know, Sylvanas just being like, check this out. And she like laid next to the river or in the river or something. It wasn't clear to me, but she went like super still and then went boop and just grabbed a fish off the river, like with her bare hand and skills. Yeah. And Verisa was like, well, how'd you do that? And she's like, I'm just really, really good. And she's like, it looks like magic to me. She's like, mm, nope, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but anyway, but like all dreams, because uh, this was totally a dream, uh, she's brought back to reality where she uh, she no longer had anything for the war. Right. The that's a weird sentence. Why did I write it that way? But anyway, let's just say there is a there was a war going on at the time. And it's not clear what war is actually going on. So this is why I also got, you know, crazy with the, the timelines. Anyway, so let's just say she woke up in like a tent. It was snowy out. It didn't say it was like super cold. So didn't necessarily say they were in, in Northrend, but it did mention that it was cold. Right. So it does get cold in Lordaeron. That's where she was at. It's hard to say. So anyways... That's what I'm trying to figure out is, is what war is she actually serving in? So the first thing here is the Wowhead article. Uh, whoever wrote that, that one, they basically said that this was the third war. Okay. They're like, okay, this must be the third war when Arthas at first killed Sylvanas. That's, that's what's going on here. And this has some pretty interesting implications if that's the case. All right. And then another option 
that kind of made sense to me. Mm, it kind of makes a little bit less sense, but uh, they're they're both good candidates in my opinion. Which is there was the the time period in Edge of Night where Sylvanas was just straight up dead. Okay, because the way Edge of Night is kind of written, I don't know when the last time you've read Edge of Night, Allie. It, it's been a little while. I need to get back to it for sure. Okay. So basically what happens in Edge of Night is it seems very clear that she went up to the top of Ice Crown shortly after and like not long after um, the after Lich King was, was, was killed. Right. Well, um, when she comes back, right, after the, the Banshee or not the Banshee, the, the, the Valkyr make the, the deal with her. She is brought back uh, during the invasion of Gilneas, right? So, like, that's right smack dab in the middle of um, before, you know, it it makes sense. But I don't know how long it took Garrosh to go from, hey, I'm in charge now because I'm, like, just got made war chief to now I'm invading Gilneas. Right. So it seemed like she could have been dead a while. That's That's all I'm saying, so... That's why I kind of thought, okay, maybe she was really sad. I don't know. Do you have an idea of which possible one it could be? I was pretty sure that it was like on like like her first death when Arthas got her with Frostmourne and turned her into a banshee. Um, The the description of it and what she was saying about when, when she lost her sister, that's why it made me think that. Mm-hmm. And um, as we know from last the last episode, and this is, and, and I'm sure you're going to get into this a little bit, but like just the, the the timing of it, and the thought that Zoval had had a little little sliver of soul, and she mm-hmm. was stabbed with Frostmourne. So I was pretty sure it was her first death, like yeah. that time that time between her first death and before Edge of Night. Okay, so that would be basically the time frame of... While she's Banshee. Yeah, so she she was killed, but she was raised as a Banshee, and Farisa is now mourning her because she's like, okay, well, my sister is effectively dead, even though she's a Banshee. Right? Makes sense. Like, did, did she did she know that Savas was a Banshee at that point? Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell, like, because that was my other thing that was uh, kind of crumbling my other theory of the timeline was, how the heck would she know she was even dead? <laughs> Right. I don't know. I don't know. That was the. I, I do think that the more likely candidate and probably what they were going for was her first, like when she was killed after being a Ranger General. And right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was. On his uh, March to Silver Moon. Mm hmm. Yeah. I do think that was probably what they were going for. I just thought it was fun to talk about the option of maybe that was also what was going on here because. The fact that later on in this story, the jailer even shows up and even cares about Sylvanas. I don't know. That's why I was kind of like, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway. Maybe. So the story kind of continues with Verisa basically saying, I'm hold, I'm kind of done with this whole war that's going on right now. And she was led into the wilderness by the sound of a song. Right. And. It was just basically, you know, she had a song stuck in her head. So she was, <laughs> she started walking. Off story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so she was just, eh, and she kept walking. She walked away from the war and she comes across of a 
She comes across a sculpture with the words regret and acceptance written beneath uh, two elven statues. Okay, so that's what she's what she sees. So beneath the two statues, um, she meets uh, a spirit healer. Well, I guess not beneath. Is that true? Well, the spirit healer would have been floating above it. Come on. Yes. You, you suck with your notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the spirit healer, it had a name. It was like Emery or something it, like that. It was like, uh, uh, I've got it with me. Like It's like right here. Eliom or something like that. I have to find it on the page. Mm-hmm. El- Elomia. Elomia. Well, there you go. The spirit healer Elomia. Basically, <laughs> uh, Breeze is having a chat with uh, Elomia here. And she's like, all right, well, you want to go see your sister? Because she's dead. I, you can go find her, I suppose, if you want. Well, anyway, Barisa was like, okay, cool. Let me uh, let me go find my sister. So spirit healer is like, all right, well, here you go. You get to go into the Shadowlands. And she basically like opens a portal that she gets to walk through. And she's in the Shadowlands. Neat. Well, initially, and I think... It, it was describing that she was walking through a forest, right? And the and the Wowhead article also said that she was probably in what was most likely Ardenweald or an afterlife very much like it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going on. She's looking around for her sister. And basically it's, oh, she's not here. <laughs> yeah, you can't get here. Obviously, she can't find her because depending on the time frame, uh, that this was happening, Arthas had already raised her, or she was in the mall after jumping off ice ground, so take your pick. Right. And this is what's super weird to me, is, so, if this was during the Third War, the machinery of death was not broken. Sure, her soul got split, but if we remember, Uther's soul got split, and he was like, you get to go to Bastion! Whee! Why did Sylvanas suddenly get dropped into the, her little possible sliver that we're going to be meeting here in a minute got chopped into the maw what that doesn't make any sense what i mean if we get to play along with the whole well time is not a construct of death (laughs) it knew what was going to happen to sylvanas and she was going to do all the crazy shenanigans but that seems messed up that she's going to be prejudged for things that she hadn't even done yet (laughs) well we know like the the whole system's pretty unfair to multiple people and so i'm kind of not too surprised if that is the case yeah it just seemed weird it's actually one of the main reasons why i thought it could make more sense that this was the sylvanas that killed herself after you know um realizing that the whole uh, Lich King's dead. She didn't get a revenge. She, what is she without the hunt kind of thing? Almost like an Illidan type but thing. But maybe, maybe the fact that she went straight to the Maw, even though she hadn't done any of these actions yet, made as part of her like drive to join with Zoval and break. I don't know everything. It's it's super weird because we get the we get the impression that Uther's soul. <laughs> doesn't necessarily have any idea what the other half of his soul is up to. So... True. That's where I started scratching my head going like, what's the point here, this of all? Why, why, why are you doing this? What's... <laughs> so... Speaking about what he's doing. So, uh, she eventually leaves the foresty area. Alright, so then she finds herself what is very clear to the Maw because she meets yes. the Banished One. 
obviously the jailer because it's the banished one. That's what they call them. All right. And he tells her that Sylvanas isn't here, at least not yet. That is, that's what he says. Well, Farisa keeps looking and she actually comes across what is, could only be described as a shard, like a, a shard of uh, Sylvanas's soul. And okay, well, when she caught up, excuse me, with the soul fragment, that's what happened is she, it was clearly Sylvanas. Like it turned into uh, a, you know, beautiful version of uh, her elven self. Okay. So here is where things got really weird. So we obviously got two options here. If the story took place during the Lordaeron Scourge invasion, uh, the Jailer has a fragment of Sylvanas' soul since she first died. He's had it the entire time. Unless, and this is something I was just thinking of right before I got here, is maybe he did have it from the initial stabbing of Frostmourne, but maybe in Edge of Night, when she made the deal with him, he made her whole again in order to make her more, I don't know, Powerful Angry or something <laughs> more, more enraged. <laughs> That's possible. Okay. So anyway, I was also talking about like, how the heck did she get to, um, how to, how on earth did she get to the mall? And, and I, right now, the only, you know, what am I thinking of? The only example that we can point to that something like this has happened is Uther. Right. And we, we do find out a little bit in nine one. We talked about that uh, last episode where it's like in rage or something like that. A soul can split. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and say, all right, uh, Arthas used it in rage because he was really mad at Sylvanas when the whole thing went down. Because it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you down. I don't give you a uh, clean death, blah, 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 blah. So Fos- and Frostmore was created in the Shadowlands at some point in time. So. That's why I'm kind of thinking, like, I don't know. But Uther's soul didn't go there. How did Solanus' soul, like, like that was mine. Right. Um, I've been very curious about, like I said, the the timeline when this happened really kind of, like, throws it into way two different, uh, like, sets of meetings. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway... So if it happened during the uh, the Third War, kind of like that that time, we have to somehow explain why Sylvanas' soul got to the Maw in the first place. Well, maybe you can chalk it up to some frostmorny goodness and, you know, he was super angry at Sylvanas. It was even more so than Uther at the time. But I don't know. That doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but when I say it doesn't make any sense, eh, I'm sure that they can explain it. We just don't have all the information. Now, right. If it happened during Edge of Night, it takes less guesses as to how the Jailer got the soul fragment of Sylvanas, but it does obviously pose some other issues, <laughs> right? What I already mentioned, how the heck would Varisa even know about this? <laughs> true, true. That, that was one of them. Well, eventually, I, I did say is that this can be kind of explained away with uh, a possible really large passage of time, because we don't actually know how long she was actually dead and gone. Like... Because, like I said, uh, it was shortly after Arthas, after the fall of Arthas, and she cropped back up when uh, Garrosh was uh, supposedly leading an invasion against Gilneas. And that's the whole thing. So, so uh, I don't know. That's the, 
That's kind of that's kind of my 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 take on it. it. It's like it's super weird. But here's the other fun thing, and I'll point it out right now. And it's probably one of the reasons why I'm gonna lean towards maybe this happened during Lordaeron is because the the jailer, right, the banished one, he said that she's not here yet, but he still had the shard. Because right. if if this happened during Edge of Night, she totally would have been there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it wouldn't even be a shard. It would be her soul. Her, yeah. So, so anyway, I, I do think this points to, you know, this happened during during the Third War, but now we just have to figure out how the heck did the Jailer get her soul? It doesn't make any sense, because really. I think he just took it. I guess. I don't, I don't know. Or maybe he convinced, maybe, I would say maybe she was filed for Revendreth. And Daddy was like, "Here's Oval, you wanted the soul, but I don't know why she'd be in Revendreth." Yeah, I, I don't really, think she, at that point she'd done anything worthy of being in Revendreth and having anything to really atone for at that point. That I know well, of. Well, the only thing that I can point to is if if we go back to Edge of Night, she was actually very like in life before any of that. She was she was very arrogant. Because she knew that she was True. like the best of the best when it came to being uh, a ranger, right? So, like, there's actually Arrogance pride, yeah. So maybe that's it. I mean, maybe she was sent to to Revendreth. Nathrus and Zofar were already working together, and so Zofar's like, "Hey, when you get the soul, send it to me." And and Nathrus like, "Got you," and <laughs> sent sent. Uh, the, the shard of her soul or to uh, his buddy, the jailer. Yeah. Okay. I, like that feels logical so far. <laughs> like I, I can make sense of it because there's at least, because <laughs> I mean, that was the thing is like, there was a moment in, like I said, an edge of night where basically she had gotten ready for the day and she was looking at herself in a mirror and it was basically like, damn, I'm good. Kind of like thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's like, yeah, I hadn't, I guess I hadn't considered like, Things like pride and arrogance. I was focusing more on actions. She's had some pretty rough actions since then. But you're right. Like those, the, the pride, the arrogance, like those kind of, you know, quote unquote sins. Like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. They don't seem so egregious, though, that they would be, that you would get sent to Revendreth. I mean, Kael'thas makes sense, right? <laughs> no, no one's surprised of that one. No. But everyone kind of looks at that as like, you go, Sylvanas? Go there? Wouldn't you go to like Maljaxis or even Maybe possibly- her arrogance was just that intense. Yeah. Yeah, we don't and know. Pride. We haven't really had a, like other than Edge of Night, we really haven't had a story uh, really explaining the the inner monologue and, and thought processes of Sylvanas, which I'm really looking forward to that book. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's 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 keep going because this we're just gonna, I mean at this point I'm just going to keep arguing uh, why it would happen at this time frame or this time frame or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. So anyway, okay. So she finds a fragment uh, of Sylvanas and she wants to bring it back with her. But anyway, uh, El- Elu Elu something. <laughs> the, the, Elu, Elu, wait wait wait. It's <laughs> Elomia. Elomia. <laughs> one Elomia. Of the, one of the big rules that uh, was was told basically was, okay, if you can find the soul and it wants to come back, 
it can go ahead and get, come back, but you can't touch it, right? No touchy touchy. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Aladdin, right? Touch nothing but the lamp, and for her, it was <laughs> literally touch touch nothing. <laughs> well, apparently she touched it, uh, <laughs> but that didn't actually happen yet. Because, all right, so she finds the soul of uh, Sylvanas and she wants to bring back with her. But the jailer basically is like, no, nah, that's, not, that's not happening. <laughs> it's not going to happen one bit. Because um, they actually get into a bit of a, a, a little bit of a fight. Not a big one, but a little bit of a fight. Um, and the reason why it's not that big of a fight is because the jailer is messing with Varisa and... <laughs> He actually attacks the soul of Sylvanas instead. So Farisa is like jumps out of the way and realizes that, oh, no, he actually just used like a big old like spooky looking like Saruman looking or Sauron looking mace from the <laughs> smack Sylvanas. Uh, and that's uh, that was really sad because obviously the jailer never intended to let uh, Farisa succeed in her mission. And I like this quote from the book uh, or the, the short story. And. Uh, he said, my little fish needed to learn the truth. Family always falters. Family always fails. Kinship is a blight. They will always disappoint you. And you demonstrated so well. But it is over now, mortal. <laughs> right. So, it's a very interesting lesson that uh, he's wanting to impart on Sylvanas. Why would he be wanting to impart that on Sylvanas? Now, and I think... You may have really been onto something. So, you know how you mentioned, maybe he got this shard of the soul, taught it all its valuable lessons, and then when she died during Edge of Night, like you said, he maybe he made her whole. And because we haven't seen Uther be healed yet, right? We haven't seen that right. one. Okay, so we haven't seen what would happen when the shard got, you know, been made whole when she came back to life. And if that's the case, she probably remembered that lesson. Okay. So that's that's super weird to me. Um, like why he would do that. And I don't. <laughs> and then if you look at a, a book like uh, War Crimes, it probably just I don't know, because she was super into uh, trying to get Varisa to, uh, to basically join her in the afterlife. Yeah. And maybe this was just a reminder that, no, family always falters. Family always fails you. Is Risa said, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Right. But at the same time, you can look at the three sisters comic and she had an opportunity to kill her sisters and she never gave them the signal. So she never gave the Dark Rangers the signal to actually take out Farisa and Alaria. And that's the thing. Why is that? And and that's. That's like that's like Legion. So they were probably already planning this uh, this uh, this expansion at the time. So yes, that's super interesting. Why, if he tried to teach her this lesson, why didn't she take the step to do that? I don't know. But then again, the name of this book or the short story is uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Yeah, sister is another word for always, right? So yep. it seemed to me that the jailer kept trying to teach her these lessons, and she wasn't learning that i don't know like what's yeah, your I, take I on all see, this because they so we know you know the wind runners and they're we, we know a bit of their relationship in the past and the, the closeness they once had and i can see the jailer finding 
value in teaching Savannah this lesson in order to decrease the chance that the sisters would get in the way of Savannah's following on the path that he wanted for her. So he can use her like a tool. And he probably was trying to drive home that point. So he, so she would be more committed to his of all than say her sisters and letting them and their love lead her astray. But at the same time, because they did have such a strong bond, I think that's why I, I would imagine a part of her fought against these teachings of the jailer because of that bond. And maybe that's why she didn't give the signal. And that's why she tried to convince Varisa to come with her because she does still love her sisters. And that bond is, is there. It's powerful. It's, it's another word for always. And I, I would imagine that the two sides of, of Sylvanas from this lesson that was drilled in her head <laughs> versus literally. what she <laughs> literally uh, versus you know, what she cares for her sisters. Like I can imagine those two sides fighting in her own brain. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like I was kind of thinking about this and kind of going back and forth is I was also trying to like, then make sense of it is okay. If this was again, during the, the, the third war makes sense as a shard. Then eventually maybe she was rejoined. That was the whole point of it. That, I, I like where that was going. But like, if you go with the, the whole edge of night time frame, like that was, like I said, that wasn't even a shard. She would just be there. So he's just, you know, it seemed like this was just part of the torture that she was kind of going through that, you know, the jailer was trying to like, you know, beat into her that it's like, look, you are going to effectively serve me. And so when these Valkyrie show up and give you this option, you're definitely going to take it because you're going to want to get the heck out of here. Um, right. But the I don't know the what's so weird about this story, too, is it makes me wonder, like, is there even a is it as like uh, real as as it's it's being portrayed or was this maybe just another dream or something like that? How much of this is did really happen because the the other thing you can think of is okay if the jailer did this to Sylvanas why the heck would she actually want to be on team jailer <laughs> seems to me like uh, if someone was torturing me I'd have no interest in being on his side that's a good point that's a good point yeah cause yeah. I don't know if if you get that whole thing where you have a, it's a shard so I don't know and that's that's like the the other thing, maybe the shard wasn't rejoined. Maybe he still has this shard as like a bargaining chip or something like that. Maybe maybe that's why she is helping out. I, I don't know. I, I hope to learn why she actually thought it was a good idea to join up with a guy. Or maybe this was just a crazy dream that Verisa had. Because that's another possibility. Or, or we find out in 9.1... Because in 9.1, as we talked about last episode, we go to the secret vault, right? So we kind of learn that he stores away souls, blah, 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 blah. Plus we know that Zaval, you know, the jailer has that weird portal thing that he stuck his hand to to get the whatever blue shard that was that he stuck into Kingsmourne, right? So he's got he's got shards hiding everywhere. So maybe Wouldn't he that be does funny if that was Sylvanas' shard. shard? <laughs> yeah. 
we might be onto something. Because <laughs> I was going, well, because I was going to say that maybe he does still have that shard, and so that's why she's kind of going along with all this because it's the 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 part of her that is you know fragmented into the shard is what you know quote unquote learn the lesson right, and so maybe whatever happens in the raid or at the end of the raid, like somehow she like she gets her shard back and then realizes everything and then sacrifices herself to mess up his plans or something like that. But the thought that maybe that was the shard that he put into Kingsmorn, that's interesting. That is interesting because what, what would that even mean? I'm trying to like think like what would that actually be? What would that actually like? What what the heck would that what would happen there? I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little confused as to uh, what that would actually mean in the long run. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like she he could, could he? I mean, they did say that that shard in, in one of the I think it was uh, during BlizzCon line. They actually said that. Oh yeah, that's actually totally going to mean something because why else would we have zoomed the camera? Like, yeah, it absolutely means something. It's something, someone, someone, something. I mean, my other thought is maybe Uther, since he hasn't fully healed yet, so he's still. But that doesn't make sense with everything. No, because then it would be like, okay, so there's a third part of him. <laughs> Right, yeah, so that doesn't make sense. I mean, it's, it's not, it was scratch, scratch that. Ignore I said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they're actively, I mean, because it actively says, like, they take time in this story. I mean, they don't go into huge detail, but obviously they were wanting to point out that she is fragmented. I'm trying to find the actual, it's, it's, uh, I'm like, it's, she's, she's fragmented and she's not here yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- it just the way it was worded, it it's important, and they wanted us to know like that's an important note. Mm-hmm. So okay. maybe maybe that is her shard. Okay. Well, uh, as I was reading through the notes, and I kept going like, okay, we already discussed that. We already discussed that. All the little things that I was talking t- like right in here, but then I remembered. Now I remembered. So I'm, I'm gonna just go back to these notes here. So I say. Uh, <laughs> I think this is funny. I wrote now, oddly enough, as I'm writing this right now, it makes me wonder, is this not a fragment of her soul, but just Sylvanas? Like I said, because if it was Edgenite, it would just be Sylvanas because if it's just a shard, why does the jailer need to teach her a lesson? Now we kind of already discussed this. Okay. Maybe the shard was put back into her. Maybe there's another thing. I, uh, I don't know, but this actually got me thinking. So here, um, so what I started thinking about, is a little bit of this right here. Now, I remember we started talking about this a lot, and this was one of the things that we discussed probably about four, five, six episodes ago, and it was this line right here. From our first breath to our last, every decision is made for us. Then the afterlife decides what eternity we must endure. We can't even choose who we... We couldn't control anything. But through the Jailer, control of our fate will at last be possible. Okay. So why the heck did I bring this line up again? 
because didn't we like go way in depth on it last time? Well, both you and I were pretty much convinced that the what she was supposed to say there is we can't even choose who we love, right? That's who we were thinking. Right. That's what we were thinking. Well, if the jailer already had part of her soul and beat it into submission, maybe she actually said, maybe we can't choose who we serve. I don't know. That's maybe. And maybe that's why she stopped herself. So, I mean, I don't know why she would be so. It wouldn't be that hard for me to say, oh, we can't even choose who we love now. But if she said we can't even choose who we serve, that's, you know, that would make sense why she can't say that in the jailer's house. Because she's like, oh, well, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, because she's like, oh, well, she if she's not 100% on board with all this kind of stuff, even though, you know, if she is super into this whole, like, the, all the free will and all this kind of stuff, obviously, maybe the jailer has just been lying to her. Because <laughs> I feel like that's, I honestly feel like that's kind of what's going on, is he told her what she wanted to hear, and she's on board with that. That's why she was, you know, playing you know debate club with anduin and he wasn't having it because i mean heck just what like his follow-up line to that quote was look around you <laughs> like look who you've actually uh like allied yourself with like do you really think this is what's going on you crazy lady <laughs> you don't right. think he could be lying to you so that's i don't know maybe that's what's going on i don't know maybe that's why she is so apprehensive uh and and making those weird side eyes is i don't know it could be that's that's actually a good point i hadn't considered that i was so convinced that the the end of that sentence was love yeah so but maybe i mean i think you you might be on something i i don't know the yeah the reason i brought it up is just because it doesn't make much sense to me at all why she would be you know so into this whole, you know, jailer thing and stuff like that, especially if, you know, this was was her soul or even a shard of it. And the jailer was teaching her the all of these lessons of basically saying that family fails you. And she keeps trying to not learn that lesson by, you know, turning Verisa into like a friend, right? <laughs> like in war crimes, that's what she was trying to do. Uh, and the fact that she didn't. And that she didn't give the signal in uh, Three Sisters. like, Right. So I I think that's where, I don't know, but there's a there's a part of me. Because, I mean, we haven't even seen what's going on with Nathanos yet. Like, he's just kind of in, he's just, he's somewhere. I don't know where the heck he's at right now. He's got it. Like, they made such a point to say that Toronto's sending him back to his love. So his lady, whatever he said. So, I mean, he's got to come up at some point, even if it's just in passing. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 right. I very much believe he's going to show up because that was an amazing cutscene, and I loved it, especially because he died. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I found I've, I found the lines I was looking for. Uh, so at one point er, early on in the story, when she first runs into the jailer and starts talking to him, uh, he says, you will not find her here. It's voice thundered finally. And she says, I know I murmured. She can never be here. And he says, not yet. Something like confidence and mockery simmered in the voice's tone. Oh, see, I didn't quite pick up on that. The confidence and mockery right there. Like, I was like, okay, okay, I see where you're up to there. 
And then um, later on, when she when she finds the this or when when she catches up with the this the sliver right, and she couldn't touch it, so she like used her hoodie basically to like scoop it up mm-hmm. <laughs> and some water and stuff, so she wouldn't touch it. Um, she says, it says, but was it truly her soul? It seemed only a fragment somehow, a sliver of her dancing with life. So the, the but the way that the fact that it came out as a question like that first, like it brings your attention to it. And then it goes on to say it seemed like it, only a fragment somehow. So I think this whole fragmented soul is going to be really important coming up here really soon, which is why I'm wondering if you actually might be onto something with this whole her shard going into Kingsmorn. Yeah, I have a, a feeling that might actually be what's going on because and I like. I, I like the part there too, where he, she said she couldn't be here. Like she wouldn't be in the mall. You crazy man. Right. And he's like, yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and it, it, act. I mean, okay. Who, who wrote this? I've, I've got a, cause it was so, was it, was it Christy? No, no, Christy, no, no. It's Christy. some other chick is Catherine, Catherine M. Va- Valenti, Valenti, mm-hmm. Valenti. Um, she like, the way it was worded with him, like having mockery and stuff in his voice, like, yeah, it was just like you could hear his voice saying that. Yeah, so not good. yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's super. Now that that brings up a good point because, right? She says it's not even like her soul. So if it really is just a sliver, that that's different than what happened to Uther too, because Uther was like full fifty fifty split, like. True. So True. maybe there is something onto this whole, oh, a, a soul could be wounded, damaged or whatever through, you know, the use of, what is it, uh, Frostborn. And maybe, maybe the, the, there's some crazy like Frostborn magic or something like that, because it was originally created by, like we said, the Nathrazim, as we, we discovered. Um, And this was obviously put into the hands of, uh, you know, near Zool way back in the day and that Frostborn it obviously does some stuff so yeah I, like that's where I'm kind of thinking like yeah maybe maybe there is something there maybe that maybe that's how it got a just a sliver of her soul yeah and and the fact that he called her my little fish needed to learn a lesson or it needed needed to know the truth family always falters which yeah that's just another thing that going back to the jailer because the jailer is all pissed at his, you know, quote unquote family because they locked him up. So that's probably why he's trying to impart this lesson to her is that, you know, those that you trusted, those that you, you know, called your family, those are the ones that are going to, you know, hurt you the most. And uh, yeah, he, he kind of finished that off by saying they will always disappoint you as you demonstrated so well because she disappointed, you know, this sliver because at one point she accidentally touches uh Sylvanas and she has to go back right after she has the guts to actually shoot some arrows at the jailer yeah she did I was like wow she got some balls <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was pretty it was it was a great story but it uh yeah it winds up wrapping up by saying um with Verisa returning without Sylvanas obviously and she looks at the the right side of the statue rather than the left because the the left side what was it I believe it was uh, regret 
was the, the yes the first side. Well, the other side was acceptance. Right, she is now effectively accepted that Sylvanas is gone, and there's nothing that she can do about it. Just like you know how it works in in real life. You know, once they're gone, they're gone. You can't do anything about it. Well, it's really cool too. Like the the this this picture of the statues, which if you listening to this haven't gotten this book, like. First off, get it because it's amazing. But uh, <laughs> when you look at this picture, the 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 part of the statue is supposed to represent regret. Like this elf is not quite full on fetal position, but like she's got her knees pulled up to her chest and her head's like down, like to her knees, like completely down on the way. Whereas on the acceptance part, like her arms on her knees and then her head is on her arms. So it's her, her head's up more. So you can kind of see just the representation, even in statues alone, of that regret versus acceptance. Like, still still grieving, still kind of sad, but accepting it. Yep. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I loved the the art there. I, I, I thought that yeah. was a really great stat, the, the, the way that that statue looked. Because it actually reminded me of having just finished uh, Twilight of the Aspects. It reminded me of... The way that they, uh, Christy Golden described uh, Alex Straza, the way she was sitting in her Absolutely. helmet form, the yeah. doing the whole regret, and I think it even described that she had her knees up to her chest and her just her head, you know, resting on her knees because she was, you know, she was done. She was not interested in continuing on. So, and I, it, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a a great you know visual representation in in a, in a art form there of. Yeah, what Varisa was probably going through in that moment, and like I said, this is super interesting because, yeah, does this story have possible implications with a nine one nine two? Do we will we find out that that sliver was part of Sylvanas that got put into Kingsmorn? I don't know. Like, is there any possible reason why he had to impart this lesson about family always fails you, other than you know his own personal biases against his own family? <laughs> It might be a combination. I mean, obviously, it's clearly that there you can see you can hear his bitterness when you read this. So there's yeah. definitely a lot of that going on. But I think he also needed to convince her not to lean so heavily on her relationship with her sisters in order to break him away from her, break her away from them. Yes. Yeah, that is a that's another possibility. And then the other thing is, hey, when she was talking to Anduin, did she really did she really say we can't we can't even choose who we serve? Like, I don't know. That's that's what got my brain turning as I was uh, doing these notes the other night because I was super interested and wanting to know, Okay, that feels like there is something there, especially if you combine this story and that she doesn't like and all you, you just keep looking at all these side eyes that she's given the jailer like especially yeah. in the uh in the latest uh you know nine one uh patch trailer where she's like you know when anduin is turning over the uh the sigil she's just looking at him like dude you are messed up <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know so that's i don't that's that's the thing but at the same time she keeps serving him because she is the last boss of this raid and I just saw another, uh, you know, little trailer cuts or a little cutscene from the boss fight, but nothing there yet. No, no, no good juicy spoilers. So no, no, no. I haven't looked too much into the boss fight yet. Like I should, but I haven't yet. 
And not it was, necessarily it was, for a lack of desire or time, just part of me kind of wants to go into it fresh. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> it's not going to happen for me. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, because the, the trailer that was, that or the, the cutscene was basically an intermission. So it was like it was like an intermission phase where they were doing the whole it was about to go um, yeah, like, like we kind of already know is you know, here's your super spoilers for 9-1. Uh, the, the last bit of the fight uh, with Sylvanas ends uh, at the platform with the the Arbiter. This cutscene was like a hey we need to go uh, <laughs> we need to go and actually um, follow like keep chasing after Sylvanas because you know this was like at Torghast and it's like and Jaina makes a portal like that was the entire cutscene I was I was hoping for a whole lot more but that was it <laughs> I was like dang it so far there could be bits that they're actively keeping out yeah yeah like I until said, it so, goes live so far because data mining is a thing that they get annoyed with mm-hmm yeah it's definitely not the end of fight cinematic yet that's what I'm hoping for that's the one I want <laughs> Yeah, it was just an intermission where basically the jailer was like, you guys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I really want to know what's going on with uh, with this. And I really like it how this whole thing is. And another fun thing that we can talk about just for a moment here before we wrap this up is, well, I don't know, we just got this short story about her. Do you think we're actually going to see Varisa coming up in the Shadowlands? Possibly? I don't think so. But I think she'll be definitely around next expansion. All right. Well, what about what about Alaria? I think we're going to get some Alaria. Not this expansion. Well, I mean, we might get like a little snippet of Risa and Laria in terms of maybe like if Sivana's like thinks about her sister one sisters one last time before she dies, maybe in that term. But I don't I don't see it happening this expansion. All right. I mean, maybe at some point it would have. But the longer it's taking to get 9.1 out, the more I'm wondering if we're going to be cut short this expansion and somehow end it at like 9.2, and not get a 9.3, which makes me really sad. And I hope that's not the case, but I'm worried that because of the pandemic and how long this is taking that that might be the case. Yeah, I think th- I think uh, that latest, well, not the latest, but one of those uh, videos that Taliesin put out where he was like, I don't know, we're getting to 9.3, guys. <laughs> I was starting to kind of agree with him there. So I don't want that to be the case. I feel like there's so many more things to explore. I still really want scenarios because I feel like there's so many itty bitty stories to go over that could happen in Shadowlands. But I just I think with the pandemic one, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I happen to agree. Well, very sad. Um, but do you think? Do you think we're gonna see Verse Verisa and Illyria? I think we could see Illyria. Um, I'm not so sure about Verisa. I don't know. Verisa's never played a role in the game much at all. Like, right? I don't think ever. Um, <laughs> well, she's she's high time for her to actually play a role, right? I don't know. Hasn't happened yet. Um, but yeah, maybe we could see Alaria because we just had, you know, I am now wrapping up, finishing Shadows Rising and she's got all that kind of crazy crap. She played a big role there. 
and her husband is having to sitting on the throne and you know Ilganoth decided to warn us about her <laughs> what I think it was uh, I think it was uh, I don't know which one was it I don't remember it was one of those Ilganoth whispers where it's like the golden one is spooky and it's stuff <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it says. Well, let me see. Ilganoth it, totally says spooky. I think it was number 12. Let's see. The golden one claims a vacant throne. Spooky. The crown of light will bring only darkness. I don't know. We might see him just because of that right there. But see, I feel like that's going to come into play next expansion. And that Illyria is busy with Trillian which is why we won't see her this expansion. And I feel like once all of our heroes come back from the Shadowlands or whoever survives comes back from the Shadowlands and they share what happened, that Varisa will come into play again, especially once Illyria starts going off the deep end because the Trillian and the Void, then Varisa is going to come back and be like, all my sisters are crazy. That's a possibility. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Alaria. Yeah, I don't know. Alaria may or may not be playing much of a role in here because, I mean, we did have you know Kalia in Before the Storm. She played a bit of a, a role in Bef- Battle for Azeroth. Didn't show up right away too much. I don't think. I don't remember. Remember when she started showing up? But then again, she didn't really play much of a role. It was more like, let me go hang out with Derek, my new boyfriend. <laughs> Basically. I don't know. Let's see what Illyria does uh, and Varisa for that matter. I don't know. Like if we're going to actually see anything about her, uh, Varisa or Illyria, I think a great time to do it would be obviously in 9.2 after their sister finally dies and or is being dealt with through some form. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, yeah, if Sylvanas is donezo and gone, what uh What's going to happen? Like, uh, Illyrian and Varisa may may have something to say about that. How would they know, though? Like, will they sense a disturbance in the force? Or will someone actually go back and be like, oh, hey, um, I'll stop at the auction house. But I just thought I'd let you know that Savannah's is gone. I'm trying to think, like, who who's all with because us everyone now? Because everyone else is busy, right? So Talia, Talia's not going to leave Bulbar. Talia <laughs> is just kind of awkwardly chilling there. Um... And then we have, you know, Thrall, Bane, Jaina, obviously, Anduin, who's, you know, currently tied up. And that, I mean... Gan's going to tell her. Gan's going to tell her. How is, how is Gan going to know, though? He's just going to know. He's who's just going to know. He's just going to know. I mean, he's my king, so... He's just going to be like... I oh. might just go back and tell him. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be so excited. Can you... <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's true. He will be. Yeah. He's just going to be like, oh, what? (laughs) This is the best day ever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's totally going to go down like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. (laughs) But honestly, I don't think she's going to die at the end of this raid. I really don't. I think I got too much left with her. I don't know, though. Maybe we're getting the book. And on one of the interviews, Steve or Morgan Day or so, so, someone said that they're going to be looting the bow off her corpse. Mm. He used the word corpse. Well, 
She is undead. She used to be a banshee and true, got a corpse true. at one point. So I don't know. Her body may be destroyed, but she could still go, well, oh, I'm a banshee. <laughs> I mean, if she's still got a sliver in Kingsmorn, she'll live in live on in some way, right? Right. See, there's another possibility. Maybe, maybe Kingsmorn will survive past this expansion and become sentient, and she'll be the new voice within Kingsmorn. Well, that'd be fun. Much like some of the other weapons we've gotten before. That'd be good because we need to keep Patty Batson employed. Right? Because she's amazing. She and I have is. a super awkward selfie with her. <laughs> <laughs> you need to update that selfie so it's less awkward, but still a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> what? I forget what panel we were at. It wasn't. I, for, I feel like I'd have to ask Starman what it was. Um, but I point out to her like, yes, look, it's her. And he's like, go, go say hi. I'm like, No. And he kept like egging me like, go, go. Cause she, she was just peacefully on her own, standing on the sidelines watching and we weren't that far. And so eventually I was like, hi, I really like you. Can I get a quick picture? I'm so, so sorry. And she's like, of course. And we took it really quick. And I'm like, thanks. Bye. And then I went back to my seat. It was super awkward. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, no. I think that is all I can think of to talk about with this story, but yeah, it's got a lot of possible implications of things that may be happening and things that could be doing some things. I don't know. It's weird. I'm, I'm, well, it's it's definitely worth reading through twice because the first time when I like legit like read it through, I well, it was on my lunch break in my car, <laughs> and it was a really enjoyable read just for pure story. But then going through it again for this episode and really thinking about it, you pick up on a lot of nuances and different things and possible implications to it. So it's I, I feel like and there's some of these other stories in here are great as well. But I feel like out of all of them, this probably has the most meat to it. I think it has the most implications of things happening right now, like, or at least soon, I'll put it that way, uh, could could have implications of things happening soon. Um, the only other one that might have some possible implications, not much, but maybe a little bit, is the Uther one, which could be fun to discuss. Uh, another one. True. Um, and that might be part of our one next week. Or next episode. Maybe. Maybe. Unless. I mean, obviously we have the the white child and or the white moon and white lady and blue moon child thing. We're we're gonna we'll probably go over that one too, because that's oh, that's yeah. a thing. The embrace, right? The embrace, yes. Yeah. Um, which I haven't quite actually just finished that today. Um so we'll definitely dive into that one a bit too, because that's got a little something something. But the I mean the rest of it, I think, isn't necessarily anything too wild although they yeah. it's still fun to read like we'll definitely we'll touch on business shape but like like all in all like i know like have you finished them all yet not all of them no i have to say like i i think i've told you this jen like when this book was first being talked about i thought it was gonna be the travelers here fun read <laughs> but like f- fluff right like i thought it was gonna be more just fluff and a fun read i was gonna get it but i wasn't all like Woohoo, gung ho, pre order, get it until little bit started coming out about it. Right. And I was like, well, holy crap, I'm going to have to get this because it's not just fluff. There is fluff in here and it's very enjoyable fluff, but, but it's not just fluff. 
Yeah. The, and even the fluff is pretty cool. I mean, the Tuscar one is awesome. <laughs> the Tuscar one is great. The stone moss and tears. Is that what that one's called? That one, like I had, I, I personally had some emotions with that one for various reasons. And yeah, it's just, I haven't gotten to the cold one yet. Yeah. I need to read but, that one still too. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's a really fun read. The whole thing. I agree. Absolutely agree. All right. Well, I think that's where we can wrap it up here. Um, but we do have a review. I finally remembered to go and grab it. <laughs> Yay. I was going to say, if you would like, you can read it for me. Cause yes. Cause you want to finish your drink. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so this came to us from the Warcraft Rio directory. And it says, this podcast is amazing. The combination of expertise between Ali and Jin allows them to bounce theories off each other so well. They're like Ash and Misty. <laughs> Their combined knowledge can conquer anything. The only one missing is Brock, aka Fear. From Neptune509. Yeah, that's a, that's a Pokemon reference for all those that may yep. or not know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Neptune. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I, thanks. Yeah, that was fantastic. And I do agree. We, we did uh, some bouncing of theories in this one, too. It worked. Yeah, we, we were going all over, over the place like a, it's like a ping pong match. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who won. I think, I, you know who won? The audience won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's go with that. Hopefully, the, hopefully... You lovely listeners feel as though you won. Yeah. That reminds me of a comic I read one time. Yeah, it was, uh, (laughs) there was this comic where they were trying to decide which was better, Red Vines or Twizzlers. Okay. And the only thing they could think of to uh, decide it was, (laughs) was a licorice whip off. (laughs) They were were smacking each other with Red Vines and Twizzlers. And someone, someone asks, so who won? Deliciousness. <laughs> yes. That is who won. Deliciousness. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of uh, deliciousness, I don't know. I'm really weird with these transitions. I don't care. Uh, it works. Yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah, we're going to go into this fun little bit that we like to do. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. All right. So this freaking story is amazing. And I loved it. So as I tend to do whenever I'm looking for a story, uh, I just usually go around to all the little normal places. You know, kind of sometimes I just Google positive stories and things like that. (laughs) You know, it's hard to find sometimes. But this one really stood out to me because this is a story about a teacher that we all wished we had in our lives. Her name is Barbara Heim, and she has been teaching at the same school since 1986. So, uh, long time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. And when one of her students, and his name is Harrison Connor, wasn't exactly as active during recess as he normally was, um, basically she noticed that all the other kids, they were running, they were all sweaty, and they're all red in the face and everything like that. He started just kind of getting slowing down, and rather than being red in the face, he had lost a lot of color in his face. So she she was getting concerned, like well, probably most teachers would if she was, if you, you were seeing this. So she reported to the yeah. principal and the school nurse. Well, uh, that was right around uh, Thanksgiving, kind of Christmas time. So whenever they went on the winter break, um, they came back, 
and they found, found out that Harrison had been diagnosed with leukemia. All right. And not long after that, well, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and uh, let the, the story explain you the rest of what happened. Then came the pandemic. Schools closed. But in the fall, Conneaut Valley reopened. Good morning. Harrison, though, was still stuck at home and often not up to cyber sessions. Here we go. Into that void stepped guess who? So you're teaching first graders full time. Yes. And then after school, you would go to Harrison's? Yes. Every day? Every day. Classic rock blasting on the radio. Barb can't wait to get there. The 20-minute drive blows by. Masks, plexiglass, a shield. Protection, yes. (laughs) Barriers, no. It was a joy because I knew he wanted to learn. He couldn't wait. He was so excited. And he'd have his off days if medicine was causing him to not feel up to it. But we made it through, and he always did his best. From time to time, the school sets up Zoom sessions for Harrison and his pals. How you doing, bro? Good. The boy's goofiness tempered a bit this day, perhaps by our presence, but still plenty goofy. (laughs) Harrison shares the screen with his mom, Suzanne, and little brother. It was without hesitation that she said, I'll teach him. I'll do it. Ever since the minute he was diagnosed, I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) Um, She has been absolutely amazing. It's incredibly, incredibly special. I am loving the look on Harrison's face. That's a million dollar smile right there. We fought hard for this little face. (laughs) I think about him every day. He's so lucky to have you. I'm lucky to be his teacher. I'm the lucky one. Well, okay then. So, yeah, that story, uh, like, uh, it really got me. And I freaking love this one so much just because um, the story does end. Uh, This came from the the Today Show that uh, originally talked about it. And the good news is uh, he is doing fine. Um, obviously it does take some time before they consider him to be, you know, free and clear, but he is now technically in remission. So very good news there. So how how did you, what what is your opinion on this story, Allie? (laughs) My emotions. (laughs) (laughs) I, as, as a teacher who is going through burnout and questioning if I want to do this the rest of my career, like I, 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 I know that dedication and the, the the care you have to put into the children and you if if you're a good teacher <laughs> you notice <laughs> these things about your children when they're off and while they may not be your children the amount of love and care you pour into them in a way they feel like yours and so to see not only is she going through the extreme conditions that teachers are going through during this pandemic she's going that extra step and taking care of this boy and leukemia is it's rough like i was telling jen before this like we had a close friend of the family whose uh, daughter was diagnosed at one year old with leukemia and now she's like she's 
some age in her 20s I don't want to think about because it's going to make me feel ancient but uh, <laughs> and doing and doing great um but we went through her family with that and so we saw that effect and so to know just first off like this poor boy but like I'm so glad he's doing well and the the dedication of this teacher it just it's uh it's amazing it's just it's phenomenal I agree that's why I just had to share it because I thought it was definitely worth sharing so I, I hope you, uh, I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did because uh, I think I watched the the, the full video, which I, I will uh, share the story in the in the show notes, like I usually try and remember to do. Um, yeah, it's really good. But anyway, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Would you agree, Allie? Or do you have any? I would agree. Before my brain starts trying to process that last story uh, <laughs> about the sisters and slivers of shards of souls, and yeah. Yeah, who the frick knows with that sliver and shard and whatever, I don't know. <laughs> and what he's doing with it. Yeah, I don't... Okay, beats me. <laughs> really, I just don't know how the heck you got it. That's, that's my question. How, do you, how the heck you get it? Thanks for listening to Live, Laugh, Lore. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a question that you're just dying to know the answer to, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jen on Twitter at Jared Cooster, and you can follow Allie at Allie Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. <laughs> <laughs>